The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about nine amazing lessons that we learned from our previous Inbox Online Conference. Now, this year's Inbox Conference is coming up very, very soon on the 28th and 29th of June, 2022. If you're listening to this episode as it's being released, of course, otherwise it might have happened 10 years ago. If it is 2022 and it is before June the 28th and 29th, we would love to have you come and join us. It's two days. It's 12 amazing presentations. It's totally free. It's totally live, all pulled together and hosted by me and Kennedy. And I know that you are going to love it and learn so much that's going to have a solid impact on your email marketing and your ability to make sales with email marketing, which is what we are all about in a way that your subscribers love. So 12 amazing presentations from a whole bunch of amazing people as well. If you want to check out the full lineup and register at zero cost, just head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash inbox today. He has had a whole weekend without touching his MacBook, and that is completely unheard of, hence the disbelief in my voice. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple! And he makes a lasagna inside a loaf of bread. It's psychological mind reader, Kennedy. Oh, so you, you didn't touch your MacBook at all over the weekend. Does that mean you were on your iMac or did you use your iPad? <laughs> what no, did you, what I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything work-related at all. So uh, everything I wanted to use tech for, I just did on my phone and that was very much just like, you know, looking to look at travel plans and, you know, my calendar and that kind of thing. There was no work was done. No work, what, no work happened. And it was all because I've had a bit of a draining week last week, very, very busy and uh, lots of stuff happening. So I literally just pre-scheduled all the emails. Ha, ha, ha and then turned off the MacBook for the weekend. Wow. So I've got this vision, right? Making lasagna mm. inside a loaf of bread now of you with a giant loaf of bread in the kitchen and you go in and open a little door in the loaf of bread and then pop in and just make a normal lasagna inside a giant <laughs> loaf of bread. Um, Actually making it. <laughs> I remember your first, your first ambitious uh, shout that you were going to do this a few years ago. So tell us about mm. it. So basically what you do is you get, you buy a loaf of bread, obviously not cut, not pre-cut because that would fall apart. You base, And then basically you cut out a trough. And it's a horrible word to use when you're making food, isn't it? Cut out a trough in the top of the loaf of bread, the size of a sheet of lasagna pasta, the lasagna sheets. Yeah. So you measure it to that. And so basically, you don't go. You go quite far down. You want to leave maybe I don't know three, two, two centimeters um, of depth at the bottom, so that the bottom doesn't fall in. You then, this is the really cool bit, is you make a. It's totally turned into a Billy Cooking Show, hasn't it? Hasn't Thanks, Delia. <laughs> um, you then make some garlic butter, and you 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 um, you, you cover the, the loaf of bread in garlic butter inside and out. So you haven't made the lasagna in it yet. You've just got a loaf of bread with a hollow trough in it. And you bake that in the oven for a bit so it goes a bit hard. Take it out and then make your lasagna in the loaf of bread. And put cheese on the top after like, you know, when there's 10 minutes left to go. Once you've done that and you take it out and you cut a slice off, quite thick slices, you've basically got lasagna in the garlic bread. It looks great. It's really simple to do. 
and it tastes fantastic. So it's a really good way of impressing your friends. I reckon Barry in Slough right now is cutting into a loaf of bread going, what do I do next? Go back, go back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, we're a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business. That means you make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. (laughs) You sound like, what's the guy who sings Beauty School Dropout from Greece? Uh, you know, oh, like the angel um, fella. Yes, yes. Um, ah, flipping neck. It's on the tip of me. It's on the tip of me. Yeah, uh, nose. Don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, anyway him sounded like him. It's not going to catch on. It's not going to catch on. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, keep it keep it going. Hashtag email Martin on Wednesday on the socials. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe on your podcast player and leave us a review as well. It massively helps us to spread the word about the show, and we'd love to see a review from you. In fact, a photo speaks a thousand words, they say. So snap a little screenshot as you're listening to this or take a selfie, stick it on Instagram, tag us at Rob and Kennedy. We'll share it onto our Instagram as well. We'd love to see you as you're listening to this episode in a weird sort of voyeuristic kind of fashion. I love it. I love it. So last year's Inbox event was phenomenal. Like the first one was amazing. We stepped up the game on year two. And I know what we've got planned for year three is like next level altogether. I, I still can't believe me that the speakers who have been able to attract to the event is, I mean, the quality is just unbelievable. So we're stepping it up year after year. But last year, let's take a, just a, a go, I have a, a list here of nine different things we learned, something we learned from each of the speakers, because genuinely just so much gold. I mean, we started off uh, pretty early in the event speaking to our mate Neil Stafford. We did. And uh, obviously, Neil's a genius when it comes to memberships. He's somebody who's helped us a lot with our membership, the league. And really, he talked about the fact that email is what you can do in order to make sure that you can keep selling your members and keep building belief of your members so that they become lifers, lifetime members, regardless of what, you know, you know, when they maybe wouldn't have done if all you did was just have your content and your community and just kind of hope for the best. In other words, like, uh, and we've talked about this uh, loads in our own conversations about the fact that, you know, membership is a, is a product that you're constantly reselling. People think, oh, I just sell my membership and then I've got recurring revenue and people pay me every month and it's perpetual and evergreen and great, rather than thinking about it as actually the truth of it, which is, um, you know, I'm going to run my membership and in order for that to work, I've got to keep reselling the membership constantly perpetually all the time and email's a really solid way to do that it is i mean and i think you've got to get that balance right as well about people join your membership and how often do you email them so it's not just overwhelming and also how do you do it so that they uh, that, that they get it and they know where everything is and there's, there's two bits that really came out of it for me with with Neil's conversation. And that the first one is to tell people where everything is. How do you get in? How do you find your way around? How do you know what to do when you're in the membership? That's great. And you need to have more than one email that does that. And we do, but we still, even though we have a number of emails that tell people you should go on the success track or you should start here and do that and do this and your newsletter and automations and blah, blah, blah. People still say to us, oh, I don't really know what to do next. And it's because pe- nobody e- nobody's getting 100% readership of their, any of their emails, even once they're paying you to be a member because everyone's busy. So you need to make sure you have a whole bunch of emails that do that. But you also need to have emails that build the beliefs that your members need to have. And the beliefs are actually arguably more important 
than the directions, than the instructions of click here, do this, and this is where that is, and this is where you'll find that. The beliefs you'll have are the things that are going to get people to stick around. If they don't believe that what you do is a is something they should be studying for a number of months or years or for life, then people are going to jump in, grab what they've got, and go, which is not what we want. We want to make sure we're building the right beliefs around what this is about, the way you do things, and your beliefs, and passing those beliefs on. So that was a huge, huge moment, I think, for everybody at Inbox last year. I think it's also, just to finish that off, I think it's one of the most direct things. You can, we always talk about emails, the most direct thing you can do to make sales. I also think it's the most direct thing you can do to impact the retention of your membership right now and to positively impact, I should say, the retention of your membership right now is to be able to use email in that respect. And then we had, we, of course, Matt and Joe, our friends uh, as well. Yeah, we did. I mean, and, and Matt and Joe were really interesting because they exposed their entire business model, which was incredible. And it's so unique. It's not very often you hear a completely unique business model. And basically what Matt and Joe do is they take their core content, which in their case is a podcast. Uh, it's called, um, what the flip is that? What's it called again? <laughs> Hustle and Flowchart. <laughs> it's just gone out of my head. Hustle and Flowchart. I flip and listen to it every week. Anyway, Hustle and Flowchart. And they take that and it not only is their free content, but it's their entire business. It's their product. It's their membership. It's everything. And so what their whole thing was around is, like, you don't need to have content and have products and have membership and have all these different bits all being separate. What you can have is your content can be the product. And there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. Like, I know some people with their podcasts, they they have sponsors and stuff. And so that's what we do, isn't it? But you that's one way of monetizing your content being the product another way that the one thing that matt and joe do is they take the notes they have like full notes like really in-depth notes taken of all of their episodes of each of their episodes and that's their monthly recurring revenue model where people can subscribe and get their notes as well as a bunch of training and we've done training for their for their group and their community through that which is amazing like and what this means you have to do is and what this frees you to do if your content is your product is it frees you as an entrepreneur to creating amazing content because if your content your free content is also your product through a combination of sponsorship and how you reuse that content later and maybe you have additional behind the scenes episodes of people who are um who who are paying you whatever it means that you lean into going well how in that case this content has to be the best it could possibly be whereas a lot of people because they go oh well i've got this podcast i sometimes do which we, we know a lot, a lot of people who are like that their, their content isn't great quality and then they go why is my podcast not growing and why is it not oh, my podcast doesn't really work it's like a self-defeating a self-defeating thing isn't it well it's not very good so it's not really working and it's not really working so i don't put the effort in to making it any good and that's that's a thing like it whereas if you put the other way around you go do you know what i'm gonna make this blog that i'm writing or this youtube video or this podcast or whatever your content channel is if i make it amazing then i'm at least giving it the best chance of working like when we started this show we were like how do we make it amazing because it has to work. But if it's just two people making recordings on their iPhones and it doesn't sound amazing, doesn't have our sort of personality on it, then I'd rather not fucking do it. Right. 
And that's important, you know, I think uh, with, you know, it, it reminds me of Instagram. I used to think, I genuinely used to think a couple of years, a few years ago that you could, and this is, this is with lots of marketing experience and having done online stuff for a long time, but not being great at social. I used to think with Instagram, you could just post up little quotes from Tony Robbins or whatever on Instagram, put the right hashtags on and people would come flooding, not realizing that actually the content on social has to be phenomenal because there's so much of it. And even though 95% of it is rubbish, you've still got got to be you've still got to be you've got to you've got to be significantly better than the rubbish in order to rise to the surface and i think you know yeah. with podcasts and all that stuff it, the, the same thing is true so a lot of people say oh, well i'll put a podcast out and most podcasts are rubbish and therefore mine will by default probably be better than the rubbish but actually if it doesn't stand head and shoulders above the rest and it is a good valid point because joe matt and joe sell their notes effectively what they're saying is our content is so good it could it could be and is a monthly membership. In other words, it kind of forces your podcast to be so good that you can sell it because they are they are selling the the notes to it. So uh, I think that's really cool. Massive moment, massive moment. I just want to go, go, grab everyone's attention on that because that's such a game changing idea. Of the 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 content has to be so good people will pay for it. Of course, we spoke to Monica Snyder as well, didn't we? Yes. She was talking about all the things about tweaking really small things on a landing page makes the difference between losing money and making money on ads. So Monica is a genius when it comes to effectively getting paid to build your list. In other words, having a a paid lead magnet, as some people now call it, as we've referred to it before, effectively just a low-priced offer where you can run ads to a thing, people land on a sales page, they can go ahead and buy it, and they're immediately into your funnel. They're not joining your list for free and then being sold stuff later. They're immediately a customer the minute they come onto your list. And so that's a really careful balancing act. It's one where we've fallen off the tightrope quite a lot of times, trying to get it so that you've got enough conversions, you're making enough money to cover the cost of ads so that you can keep running your business rather than just donating to the Church of Zuckerberg. And so that's really, really uh, important that you get all of those little things right. And we're not talking about change the color of that button specifically. We're talking about, but but we're talking about really core things on your landing page, on your sales page that will make the difference. Or on on a land, if you are going to send people to a list building offer, the same thing would apply. Just tweaking little tiny things. We are constantly running split tests on various different pages and stuff in our business, especially off the back of that presentation. We've always done it, but especially off the back of that presentation from Monica, really digging into, okay, but how can we take this and test it against this? and then we'll let it run for long enough that it makes a difference and then we'll decide which one's the winner and it might be a huge it might be a huge win like it might be that one of them converts massively higher than the other one might be a tiny marginal gain but if you get that tiny marginal gain and then you test something else so you take that new winner and you test something else and that gets you a tiny little increase as well within the the space of five or ten tests over the course of five or ten months or whatever you know depends how fast you're getting traffic and stuff suddenly you've just transformed the amount of leads customers and sales you make and the amount of money that you're making and of course if you can't get it so that it's profitable if you can't get it so it's making money on the front end that whole thing falls over so really really essential I think one of the things we like to look at is what are the things we can control. And while you might not be an expert in in Facebook ads, you might be. But while well, we're definitely not. One of the things we can control is what's on the page, right? We can't control how much Facebook's currently charging for a click or for a conversion or anything like that because it's getting more and more competitive and the price of those things is always going up. What we can control, which is nice, is we can go and test 
adding different types of testimonials, making sure these elements are on the page and they're laid out in a certain way that's pleasing to the eye or interrupts the pattern of people's eyes. The, the other bit you can't so, control, just that incidentally to jump in there, is what other marketers are doing and how much they're spending yes. and how much they're bidding and what they can afford. Like, and like if they can afford to lose $100 to acquire a customer and you've, in all, you know, and they can, they can do that profitably later and you can't, hmm. you have to make your money back or break even now like that gives them an amazing competitive edge and so you've got to get this stuff right not not for facebook's algorithm but for well partly but for everybody else who's marketing there too and what's nice is is what monica shares there is and this is the inspiration that we took from it is look at the things you can control so you can make those things work for you and you can put the control back with you you have the control you have the power to be able to change the things on your page change the words change the layout you can do all of those things and get those marginal gains so do that stuff don't just think oh i'll actually obsess over getting the facebook ad right maybe but actually the right offer that thing will just convert and we'll come to offers in a minute we also spoke to our friend jacob didn't we rob yeah i mean jacob's one of the people i love to be subscribed to read every email that he sends um and it was really all about how do you create emails and he's very much on the same wavelength as as us when it comes to sending emails and he's really wanting to write emails that entertain educate and encourage and i think those are three really good words we talk a lot about education and uh, sorry entertainment we talk a lot about education but actually i think the word encouragement is really important Mm. as well that really covers some of the the many different types of value that we talk about you can put into emails like inspiring people and making them feel good and giving them permission to go and, and proceed so i think the word encouragement was a really big takeaway for me personally that actually that's a good all encompassing word for what you want what you want people to uh, to get out of your emails. You don't just want them to to learn loads of stuff because the truth is, I mean, sometimes people leave paid memberships and coaching groups and stuff like that and masterminds because they're like learning too much and they haven't got the time to implement all the things they're learning and that makes them feel bad. Different conversation for a different day. But actually, mm. if so if all they're doing is learning stuff, the, it gets overwhelming quite quickly and that's before they've paid you anything. So imagine how overwhelmed they're going to be once they start paying you for things. Whereas yeah. if you can give them encouragement, if you can if you can use that as a really good way of making your emails value to people just to take the stuff you already know and just encourage them to go and, or they already know, and just encourage them to go and do it more, that's a really, really valuable thing. And people love that. People love to open an email that makes them feel better by the end of it. Ultimately, that's what we want, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Jacob Schmelzer's framework of entertain, educate, and encourage massive massive value so think about your emails next time you put you're writing an email thinking how can i encourage my audience to get out of their rut to take some kind of action to do what they need to do not just encourage them to buy from you that's a different thing but to give them the encouragement to get the result they want to get and can you do that in an educating way can you do that in an edu- entertaining way how, how can you do those things so entertain educate and encourage was a massive, massive goal. We also had our friend Teresa Heath Waring uh, present. We always love hanging around with Teresa, usually getting very, very drunk on the gin. Uh, but, well, Rob's on the gin. I'm, I'm never on the gin because I don't really do the gin. But, um, and one of the things, this was really, really big. And it, and it, it, it was bigger for me than I thought it was going to be um, because, although than I thought it should be, really. And that is when you have your lead magnet, Teresa talked a lot about lead magnets. And, have that one lead magnet 
but don't always talk about it on your social medias, on your emails and stuff like that. Don't always talk about it from the same angle in the same way over and over again. What you want to do, you've got one lead magnet. You want to have that one lead magnet and have lots of different ways of talking about it from different angles. Talk about maybe the benefits of it. Talk about the thing it's going to save them from. Talk. I mean, just think about all these different angles, 20 or 30 different angles, talking about that same one lead magnet the same way you do about your paid offers. And what that means is if you've got these different hooks and you post them on social media, these different hooks will appeal to different people at different times. The same person at a different time might go, I get it now. That's the thing I need to solve my problem right now. So having these lots of different ways and then rotating them, and here's a big thing that we're definitely guilty of still, we still haven't really nailed this one, and that is to post your damn lead magnet regularly. Yes, okay, we talk about a lead magnet in every single episode of this show, So, because, but it's because it's in our little checklist of things to talk about on the show, but do we talk about it enough on our Robin Kennedy Instagram? Probably not, honestly. Do we talk about our lead magnets enough in our Facebook group, Email Marketing Show Community? No, probably not, actually. So, post it regularly, and the only way you can forgive yourself and give yourself the permission to post the same one lead magnet, because you don't need to have a whole plethora, I love that word, you don't have to have a whole library of different lead magnets, and that just take up more of your time. If you can have one lead magnet and have lots of different ways of talking about it, that gives you the permission, the freedom, the ability to post about it more regularly, rather than feel like you're copying and pasting the same, hey, it's my six ways of doing X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. That's going to absolutely... <laughs> It's going to suck. Uh, yeah, the, so- the sound effects are free today, folks. You're getting all the sound effects for free today. This is excellent. Um, I'll tell you <laughs> one of the things that it also solves two other different problems here. And the two other different problems that it solves is the fact, as Kennedy said, we, we all like creating lead magnets, right? Especially Kennedy. Sometimes I've got to like say, yes. no, step away from Microsoft Word. Right, or pages. <laughs> You're not get away from publisher. <laughs> You're not allowed to make another lead magnet. Because and the reason is, right, what we do is we tend to look at our list and go, I wish my list was bigger and therefore I wish we'd get more subscribers. Uh well, you know, I've got the subscribers I can get from that lead magnet. I'll go and create another three and then I might be able to get three times more subscribers. And actually that's just moving the problem. The problem isn't anything to do with that particularly. Sure, at some point you're probably gonna saturate your lead magnet, maybe if you're massive. But generally speaking, that's going to be hard to do. So for me, rather than spend all that time creating another lead magnet, sit down as a brain exercise. And actually, as much as anything else, it's a really good marketing exercise to sit down with a piece of paper and just try and plan it all out and say, well, you know, here's 10 new ways I could talk about the lead magnet I've already got. It's a good it's a good brain exercise just for getting your head around offers and stuff. But, so it solves the problem of not having to create more lead magnets, even if you want to. But it also solves, the, and that's much quicker to just come up with angles. It also solves that problem of coming up with content for social media. Like if you sit down and you say, I've got this one lead magnet, I'm going to turn that into 10 different angles that I can talk about it from. That's 10 posts immediately. But each of those 10 angles could probably become another five, six, 10 posts um, because within an angle there's a whole bunch of ways you can talk about that angle you can get them in with different hooks and stuff so it actually just solves the problem of giving you more stuff to post on social media as much as helping you grow your list and you can do it on social media you can do it for, with different types of media so you could do it as even if you just had that one angle so you get 10 angles you've got that one angle you can do it as a story you can do it as a reel you can do it on the grid 
And on each of those, you can do it as a video, you can do it as a carousel, you can do it as an image. There's just loads of different things, and more and more as, as you go on. Like So that is just such a powerful way of giving yourself permission to share that same lead magnet without alienating your audience, without switching them off, without them thinking, ugh, here they are again talking about that thing. So we loved that. We also had Ed Fortou, um, who was talking about the tech bits, the deliverability bits of getting your emails into the inbox. One of the things we get asked all the time is, how can I stop my emails going from to spam? What can I do to get more people paying attention? And Ed told us something that we've never thought about doing before. We did actually once sort of have this suggestion from a very rude subscriber who hit reply to an email with lots of swear words and nasty things about the formatting that an email had turned up in his inbox with. And he said, you should test your emails in every kind of uh, email platform that's ever been known to man so that it looks good for everybody. Now, we don't have the time to do that. But I think a really interesting idea is to have different email accounts with each of the major providers. So like Gmail and Outlook and AOL and Yahoo and everything. You can go and create them for free. So just set up, you know, Rob's test email at outlook.com or whatever. Go and set that up and then subscribe to your list with each of those email addresses so that you can do stuff like, you know, send yourself different emails because obviously you're a subscriber and have some that you just don't open, some that you open and don't click, some that you open and click, some you open and reply to. And this really gives you a good view as to how your emails are performing for each of those major platforms. If you suddenly notice that your Outlook email address isn't receiving any of the emails you're sending, there's a problem you've got to go and investigate because that won't just be you. It will definitely be happening for other users as well. And And Ed even takes it to that next level, actually. So if you want to go the advanced level of that, so that's the first level of like set up one with Gmail, Outlook, AOL, Yahoo, right? Great. Then what what Ed does to take the next level, if you want to go this far, is he creates four accounts for each. Four in Gmail, four in Outlook, four in AOL, and four in Yahoo. And then for each of them, he has one account where he never even opens the emails. He has it in Gmail. And he has another account in Gmail, which he opens, but he never clicks the links. And another Gmail account where he opens and clicks the links. And another Gmail account where he opens and replies to the emails. And you do the same thing for Outlook. You have an Outlook where you don't open, blah, 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 blah. What that allows you to do is see, depending on your level of engagement, your sender reputation, all this cool stuff, it allows you to know how your emails are being delivered to the main types of people who are on your list. People who don't even open, people who do open, but they don't click, people who open and click, and people who open and reply. I mean, do you have to do the open reply to? Maybe you have to, you have to, you have to do that one. You could just do the first three if you wanted to. But that allows you to see what's actually happening, where they're landing with those major providers. So that was a huge... Thank you, ding, 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 to Ed. So next, Steve Rosenbaum, another great pal of ours who we get to spend lots of time with online, which is great. Um, he, he made a big revelation to us, and this is a really brief one, is there are people who are joining your email list right now, and they want the most help that you can possibly give them, and they want to pay for your highest-priced, most advanced program. But most people, when, when people join their email list, most of us are, are sort of escalating people up the value ladder, start them at the sort of the bottom or towards the bottom and moving people up. The truth is some people join your email list. They want your highest price thing right now. You need to identify them for two reasons. One, that person will get disengaged and think you can't help them if you're sending them offers 
that are just below what the level of support that they want. They will just never be able to buy from you because they'll disengage and they'll leave. You're not helping them. You're not making sales. Secondly, your highest price offer is usually your highest profit offer. So it means you get to make a really good sale early in the process. So get people to raise their hands early in the in your email journey with them, your email relationship with them to say, hey, I really want your highest price, highest involvement, highest impact offer. And we started doing this very recently. Uh, the, the most expensive thing that we offer, as you would imagine, is our agency service where we write people's emails for them. And now we actually have a process in place to find people who are most interested in that rather than learning to do it themselves, filtering them out and putting them through a sales process for it. And so it's a really, really powerful thing to start doing. Steve Rosenbaum. Last orders at the bar. Last orders at the bar, folks. Last <laughs> orders at the bar. We also had Melanie Benson join us. And Melanie's great at building your list and building your authority and your audience with that list by being in front of other people's audiences. Effectively, ethically hijacking somebody else's audience, stealing somebody else's audience and getting in front of them. And one of the things she talked about was basically getting on that audience's platform on the platform they use. So if you've got somebody whose crowd is on, and this is such a, a great mind expanding exercise somebody might have a huge audience on clubhouse and if like kennedy you haven't got an iphone ios and you've never used clubhouse before you'd probably immediately initially just rule clubhouse out as being a place to even look right because you haven't got it you don't use it you don't engage there why would you even think about looking there but actually if you put your own feelings to one side for a moment and you think about the fact it's a bit like if we asked to go and do a training and then we get sent the link and we find out it's on Microsoft Teams or GoToMeeting or a platform <sighs> we don't use, we immediately initially like go, oh no, we've got to figure out how that platform works. But in terms of actually getting on a platform, like a social platform itself or a, or a place, uh, a community where people hang out online, you sort of rule things out if they're not in your immediate world. And so it's really worth digging in to find out where your you know, potential partners have got an audience that you could get in front of that you're currently not able to because you're not engaging with that platform. Yeah, and then finishing the event off, we had our mate Todd Brown on. He was the master of the offer. Um, absolutely amazing presentation. Here's a really, I mean, we could have basically talked about what he talked about this whole episode about big takeaways because such great stuff. And one of the things to, to highlight, though, is this was a huge Hopefully this will really help you, right? With your sales pages, your emails, whenever you're making an offer, in person, online, whatever. And that is, when you're making an offer, sell the product, don't explain the product. This is one little tip that Todd gave at the event, and I know both Rob and I went, oh my God, because we've done it and we do it all the time. Don't explain the product, sell the product. That's the point of the offer. So that's Todd Brown's nine different ideas, nine takeaways. I mean, mate, we could have we could have gone on for hours on this with the stuff we learned from these people. We had to just force ourselves to pull out one thing from every single one of them, and that was absolutely awesome. So nine different things we learned from last year's Inbox event. But, of course, this year's Inbox event is just around the corner. Time is nearly up for you to come and join us. So... It's free for you to register and attend completely live. All of the, the, the all of the speakers are presenting live. It's not one of those silly pre-recorded things. It's going to be beamed directly to your computer through Zoom. So there's no tech barrier. And there's, there's no financial barrier. There's no travel. There's no time barrier. There's nothing stopping you from growing your business, getting more sales, serving more people by 
doing awesome email marketing. And you get your free ticket by going to emailmarketingheroes.com slash inbox. Emailmarketingheroes.com slash inbox to attend completely live. But the event's coming up in the next few days, so make sure that you register now to get your free seat and come and join us. Now... It's time for this week's Subject Line of the Week. Subject Line of the Week. Okay, what shall it be? So this time it's uh, the little back arrow emoji, so the little arrow pointing to the left, effectively, and, th- ah, and yes. then the words doing it backwards, all in lowercase with a full stop on the end. And I actually can't okay, remember... Okay, you better explain this. I, yeah. I now can't remember what the story was, but it was about the fact that we do stuff in reverse. I know that, like, a lot of the time, we'll do stuff the opposite way around to the way that most people do it because most people aren't getting the results that they want to get and therefore it makes very little sense to copy them and so what we tend to do is look at stuff that is conventional marketing wisdom and go what if that wasn't the case and do it backwards it was a story all about that so i think it's a subject line that kind of implies potentially getting stuff wrong the perilous thing of oh they're doing doing what backwards did it work did it explode did it blow up or uh, it could imply oh what if i'm doing stuff the wrong way and i should be doing it backwards as well and it'll work better for me so this idea of something being backwards but correct is quite interesting I love it this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week well aren't you fantastic for making it through this entire episode it's been a bit of a longer one this week uh, trying try to get through all these different tips and stuff that we learned from last year's inbox event but thank you for listening all the way through to the end it really means the world if you haven't already please go over your podcast player leave us a review it genuinely helps us we would love a review from you you know five stars or more, (laughs) it would be ideal. All right, thank you so much. We're back next week. See you then.